Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. When you go and you expose yourself to something that's pushing you way outside your comfort zone, all those other things in life aren't as scary. And you can move towards the things that you truly desire with less fear, less anxiety, and more confidence. Welcome back. I hope your week's been fantastically awesome so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with business coach and strategist Louisa Joe and with Brian Jones of VA Platinum, why not? Seriously, go check them out after you've listened to today's conversation. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, John Christian Gerbert, a human performance improvement strategist. John has more than 20 years of consulting experience encompassing work with thousands of individuals and companies all around the world. He also is author of The Five Challenges. He's a podcast host and a keynote speaker. As the lead facilitator for Blackpoint Standard Consulting Group's Zerkas division and founder of the Challenge Academy, John has a passion for helping individuals overcome fear and gain the clarity and confidence to pursue their dreams. His Five Challenges program teaches individuals and business leaders how to relentlessly focus on creating a life they love. In our discussion, John talked to me about embracing fear and being more visible by doing just 4% more each time. We talked about accepting rejection as a process to learn from by removing the outcome from your identity. And we talked about balancing life through the seven levels of consciousness and the five pillars of conscious human performance. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from John Christian Gerbert. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today all the way from Rumson, New Jersey in the USA, John Christian Gerbert, who is an adventure enthusiast, a human performance improvement strategist. He's a podcast host, he's author of The Five Challenges, and he's also a keynote speaker. Now, your proven conscious human performance and challenge method optimizes mental and physical performance, resulting in increased focus, flow, and freedom in challenging environments. So that sounds really exciting, something I'd love to explore further. So welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, John. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. 
Thank you, Jurgen. I appreciate it. Now, Jamie Greenberg, who was our guest on episode 117 and is a mutual friend of both of us, he suggested that we have a conversation with you and introduced us. So, big hello to Jamie. Jamie's an amazing guy, and I'm really glad that he introduced us. All right. Now, um, as I say, one of the things that you, or I guess uh, your main focus is proven conscious human performance. So tell us a little bit more about what drives you and, and how you discovered that as a concept and, and how you share that with the world. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You know, you follow these paths in lives and you start stumbling on these different strategies and methodologies and you don't know what you're doing at the time, but eventually it becomes very clear. And the way my journey started is I spent you know 10 years in the banking industry. And then one day my daughter came to me, she said, Dad, do you love what you do? And I couldn't honestly look her in the eyes and tell her I did. And that set me on a journey. And I started doing things that I put off for many, many years. And uh, you know I started doing things like skydiving and bungee jumping and endurance races and tough mutters and just pushing myself way outside my comfort zone. And that actually led me to backpacking three quarters of the coast of Costa Rica and surfing with crocodiles. And what I started to realize is that those physical experiences were shifting my mental well-being and confidence and helped me overcome fear. So I came back to the States and I started facilitating adventure challenge experiences for people, but then connecting the mental uh, uh, mental component to it. And so I had people write their own obituary before they jumped out of an airplane or talk about flow state, you know, before whitewater rafting and the water representing uh, flow and the rocks representing obstacles in life. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually developing this conscious human performance uh, model and taking the physical and the mental and then looking at a person's consciousness as they're going through those, those experiences. And it led me to developing an assessment to bring people through um, to match those levels of consciousness with how they're operating under stressful environments. And that's kind of how that was developed. Mm, that's fascinating. Yeah, I was going to ask some more about the, the idea of conscious, um, why conscious human performance. And I guess what you've outlined there is, is bringing some of the things that perhaps are unconscious, like the fear of the unknown, um, into conscious being. So explain that a little bit more to us, because I'm sure there's probably more to it than that. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, um, there's seven levels of consciousness. Um, so if you study spiral dynamics or energy leadership uh, concepts developed by uh, you know Bruce D. Snyder and um, you know I'm energy leadership master practitioner. So part of uh, what I studied was um, levels of consciousness. So if you look at the seven levels, um, you know, le level one being somebody maybe in a victim mode or somebody that, you know, is feels like the world's happening to them, they feel helpless. Level two might be somebody who is feeling anger or frustration or rage. Uh, level three is somebody that might be rationalizing their situation and, uh, you know, making up excuses of why things are happening to them. Somebody in a level four level of consciousness could be somebody that uh, overextends himself as a helper. You know, think of the mother that overextends herself and doesn't take care of herself. Level five is somebody that is filled with a lot of overwhelm and, you know, a lot of ideas and scattered. And then level six is somebody that might be following a spiritual path. You know, they've kind of stepped away from society uh, and are really connected to nature 
and then you have level seven, which is where uh, the spiritual meets the logical and practical. And that's what we want to work to attain to have that logical connection with the spiritual aspect. So if you uh, look at the way you approach things and go into stressful situations, usually there's a default. So if you're driving down the road and all of a sudden somebody cuts you off and you start yelling at them, mm. you're automatically being pulled into a lower level of consciousness. And that's destructive catabolic energy. So you can look at any situation in life. And now with this new awareness, you can approach uh, that stressful situation in a different way instead of being um, you have choice now as opposed to just being pulled into a level of consciousness that you don't have control over. Um, so that's what I mean by levels of consciousness incorporated into your human performance in any aspect. And this could happen at work, uh, you know, with interactions with a colleague. It can happen with your relationships, with your wife or your kids. Um, and it also happens in health. You know, like if you think about days that you're wanting to work out, but you feel uh, no energy, right? So you can think about maybe you're feeling lethargic. So maybe I'm stuck in level one. So how can I think about approaching this task at a little like a higher level like level seven or so and then take action from there hmm. yeah i love it i'm a big fan of spiral dynamics and i can see how how you've kind of integrated that into your model the the example you gave is quite a simple one i think uh, a lot of those behaviors have been playing out you know before our eyes in in a really great way to see many of those different levels at play in the last 14 months or so with the pandemic and the lockdowns and the various mandates that governments have put on to try and control the pandemic and people sort of rebelling against lockdown and re rebelling against uh, mask wearing and, and other measures that uh, governments have put into place to try and stem the spread of the pandemic. So. What, what do you see as some of the behaviors there and how, how do you see people um, or what can we do to kind of encourage everybody to get to that higher level in terms of what's good for us in controlling the pandemic, but what's also good for the greater good in terms of getting rid of the whole thing for everybody? Yeah. Yeah, I had this conversation recently with a good friend of mine and it was around, you know, the masks and wearing them and the issue of like, it's a right not to, and it's a right, it, it's, it's protective to, um, and everybody's across the board as far as, you know, um, freedom, uh, and, and, uh, versus safety. Right. And, um, so you've seen people, you know, say you go work out at the gym or you go to the supermarket. And I'm sure if you've been to those areas recently and somebody doesn't have the mask on or has it pulled down halfway, you know, there's going to be a potential confrontation, you know, because mm -hmm. people get very emotionally charged about that. Um, and then so now you have one person that's angry and now the other person angry, right? Because we're attached to our egos and anger comes from ego. So for the pandemic specifically for this conscious human performance, is to uh, look at it from a higher level. So when you're in anger, you can't see solutions in level two, three, four, five, or six, or seven. So you're kind of blind to that. That's what, you know, kind of that, that term blind rage comes from. Mm. You can't make, it's very difficult to make decisions when you're coming from anger and emotion. So if you have a split second, 
in those moments when, say, you're the person um, that is on the receiving end of that, you could either escalate and move down to a lower level of consciousness and meet anger with anger, or you could say, um, so the spiritual piece, the logical piece is, well, let me step into that person's perspective for a moment. And that person is feeling fear. You know, that person is angry. Um, you know, stepping outside of your own ego and putting that aside and saying, you know, this is actually a moment in time for me to love this person. And when you say love this person, love and respect their perspective. And if you could do that, you're going to operate at a higher level and the outcome is going to be much more. So for me personally, when that happens, I, I think, well, maybe I don't want to wear the mask, but out of respect for another human being, I'm showing my love and compassion by wearing it and protecting that person, you know, uh, even if I'm like six feet or eight feet away. Um, so really a healthy way to look at it is to just step aside and saying, am I making this about me, you know, as opposed to the other human being across from me. And I think if we could all do that and hold that, that paradox, um, you know, with our opinions, then I think we can all, um, you know, it would be less conflict in general with this pandemic, you know? Yeah. And in general, all around, yeah. I think, yes. So essentially what you're suggesting is suspending judgment of the other person and then, um, looking to understand their point of view by kind of shifting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, if you can, if you can look at it from the standpoint of, uh, so you're, you're, there's actually a third way to look at it. So if you're in a default, right. And you're say rationalizing or the other person's in anger, you can now step outside of yourself and outside of them and look at it from a third party standpoint. Mm -hmm. So now you're observing, uh, your, your human consciousness from a higher level of, of perspective which then allows you to look at the holistic picture and figure out a win-win scenario as opposed to being sucking, sucked into the drama of it. Yeah. You know, like we're seeing across, across the United States. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a third party observer, isn't it? And then that removes you from the ego of, of your own views or biases, but also of, um, well, it takes you outside of, both situations and gives you the ability to essentially provide feedback. Like one of the exercises that are often done, we use it a lot in our workshops is um, one person does the activity. The other person is the receiver of the activity. Let's say it uh, involves a give and take uh, scenario. So one person is the giver, one person is the taker, and the third person is the observer who gives feedback to both of them how well they did the activity and what can be improved so it's, it's in a way it's that model isn't it yeah and it's much more easier said than done a lot of times <laughs> especially you know if you've been married for any length of time or in relationships you know sometimes that, that gets away from you but um you know if you get if people can come together at a middle point and almost have like a you know, something that comes up, it's like, hey, you know, we're, we're kind of stepping into this. Um, it's a much better outcome. But, hmm. yeah, not always easy to implement in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, well, I, I know myself I get angry at things. Often I get angry at my computer, and, of course, it can't talk back. But then, you know, once once I calm down, I have exactly the realization that you talked about that, well, that didn't really do anything i mean the computer's not even going to react to any of my emotions so um it's all it's done is heighten my stress level and 
and close my mind to, well, how can I deal with the issue that I'm actually having? Yeah. And a lot of times um, that, that, you know, a lot of people think that just because I say lower level consciousness and, and anger are destructive, I mean, that's not always the case, you know? So uh, sometimes hating and choosing anger is, is good, you know? Like if you're protecting your family or something, you know, dangerous is happening, you know? So, so we don't want to categorize things as good or bad. It's at choices more than the Yeah, and, and also in terms of denying your own feelings of anger as a response to something, may not necessarily be in your best interest either, isn't it? So as you say, an outlet is sometimes good for um, good for the environment or the situation, but sometimes it's also good just for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As long as, as long as it's a healthy outlet and nobody else suffers. Mm-hmm. So you talked about um, overcoming fear in terms of some of the activities that you did yourself when you're on this journey of discovery and and also the activities now you've built into your program so talk to us a little bit more about that is it overcoming fear or is it understanding and embracing your fear and and using it to your advantage yeah i love that word embracing so it is a little bit of overcoming and it, it is a little bit of embracing but um, you know i spent a, a number of years um like putting off things or or thinking that i wasn't able to do them and uh you know, I was, I was, you know, there's lots of responsibilities as a parent, right? And sometimes mm. it's scary to take a leap of faith in life, do something that you're really passionate about, you know, um, when you have responsibilities. Um, but I had gotten to a point where I was burnt out, I was tired, I, I was didn't have energy. I was, uh, I was always in being in pretty good shape, but you know, I was out of shape for for uh, where I could be. And, uh, you know, you just wake up one day and you're like, you know, there's some, something has to change. And in order for something to change, you have to take some sort of action. And taking that action uh, is a lot of, is sometimes fearful. You know, there's a lot of fear. So it's almost like jumping on a cl- off a cliff without a parachute and, and hoping that you'll hit the ground. Um, so what I actually did is, um, you know, I went and uh, reached out to my childhood surfing hero who, who surfed 60 foot waves. And he was the number one surfer in the world at one point. And uh, so he taught me how to overcome fear and kind of step into things that are very uncomfortable. And uh, so, you know, you don't right away go surfing a 60-foot wave. You know, you go out into, you know, the lineup, you look at it, then you move a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And this is with with any size uh, wave and overcoming fear. And I love using physical experiences uh, as analogies uh, because you can look at, Surfing also has commitment. So, you know, commitment when you're dropping into a wave is important um, because if you don't commit, then usually you'll put yourself in, in a bad, bad situation. Uh, so that was the one piece of overcoming fear. And then the other was the skydiving experiences. So basically, you know, jumping out of a plane really puts into perspective uh, everything else in life. You know, so if there's a fear even bringing it back to going up and talking to somebody, maybe at a bar, you know, if you're single, you know, there could be fear there. But when you go and you expose yourself to something that's pushing you way outside your comfort zone, all those other things in life aren't as scary. And you can move, take moves towards the things that you truly desire with less fear, less anxiety, um, and more confidence. So um, overcoming fear is a huge, huge step. 
um, and harnessing that. So when I start to feel fear, um, fear's cousin is excitement. So if I'm feeling fear, it translates to excitement, and I know something on the on the other side of that that uh, boundary is going to be positive as I step through it. Hmm. All right. Well, that's yeah, that's fascinating. So, uh, so I'm just painting this picture. So if somebody's a little shy and is having problems speaking to people. Um, and overcoming that shyness, what you're suggesting is that they um, do some skydiving. Yeah, uh, well, they could go that extreme, you know, if they're, they're brave enough to do so. And that'll definitely help them overcome a lot of fear. Uh, but actually, you don't have to go as extreme. So what you can use is this uh, idea of the 4% challenge theory. And what that says is basically all you have to do is challenge yourself 4% more than what you're used to. And then you build up that fear resilience. So, you know, maybe it's a person going up and talking to a person at a bar is that 4%, you know, or maybe it's, it's going out and, uh, you know, going on a hike or, you know, uh, going up somewhere that is, if they're afraid of heights, like maybe going up to the top of a mountain and kind of looking over just a little bit. So you don't have to go so extreme, but, um, you know, you definitely want to challenge yourself at least 4% more than you normally do. Um, but the, the skydiving thing, actually, there's an interesting thing that did happen. Um, you know, so first time, you know, you're clenched up, you're, you're fearful, you're, you're scared, you're, you're terrified. And then what happens is uh, it was interesting that the, the instructor I jumped with, he said uh, that uh, when I went the second time, he said he hasn't jumped with anybody more relaxed. Uh, so the second time is almost like this surrender and just relaxation. It's a completely different experience. So if you're going to do that to overcome some fears and to gain some confidence, I'd say go once and feel the, that fear and that anxiety and that tension. And then the second one, just feel that relaxation mm. and, and surrender to what's going to happen um, is, is a very powerful experience. Well, this, I mean, the skydiving, I imagine that, that in the skydiving scenario because the the you pretty much got the outcome in your hands um as long as as long as the instructor's taking care of all the environmental things so that you're not jumping out in in gale force winds or other other conditions that that would be dangerous uh, but the mm -hmm. like the example of going and talking to somebody stranger at a bar let's say um, now there's there's a pretty good chance that that person will tell you to get lost and give you a rejection. So that uh, mm -hmm. isn't that going to heighten the fear <laughs> the next time around? Well, not if you go into it, um, you know, with that the consciousness and the awareness, where uh, we know that the reason why uh, rejection feels so bad, or m maybe it's not so uh, aware. In society is that back in the tribal days you know if we were rejected from the tribe it meant certain death you know getting kicked out of the tribe so really when we go up and we talk to individuals or we get in front of people on stages or you know put ourselves out there um, and we feel that fear it's not actually the fear of all the things that are happening now it's that that thing that's uh, in our dna survival mechanism so if we can realize that when we're doing that be like oh you know, I'm feeling this way when I get rejected because my body is trying to protect me from years and years and years 
of genetic DNA programming. And then it's like, okay, then you can kind of understand and, and feel it and step outside of it again and be aware of what your body's doing and, and the chemicals that are triggered in your body and uh, kind, of, kind of step into that discomfort. Um, so as long as you go into it with that awareness, when it does happen, then it's a healthy uh, challenge as opposed to something that may traumatize you or puts you back into a shell. So it's really kind of uh, going into it with that awareness. Um, and really, really the, the consciousness is all about awareness, about how our bodies are, are reacting to certain situations, how our minds are reacting to certain situations and taking it from the subconscious into the awareness. And then we can shine a light on it and be like looking at it from an objective standpoint. And then it's practice. So then if you go up and you re get rejected, maybe you go and have a conversation with somebody or you're, you're talking, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you talk to a client and you're getting rejected and it's feeling, you know, you could basically have these emotional highs and lows. So I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years and, uh, you know, when business is great, you know, I'm feeling great, you know, my ego and everything feels good. But when it's low, especially with, you know, everything that's going on in the economy and the pandemic and everything, there's a lot of people that are going through challenges. And when their identity is hooked onto that outcome, i.e., you know, going up and talking to the person at the bar or, you know, acquiring clients, it's the same type of feeling. Um, so instead of having emotional ups and downs, you now have a pretty steady level uh, point of view from any standpoint. And then you can focus on the activity and not the outcome. And therefore, it's, it's not as traumatizing or, you know, not emotionally dev mm. devastating. Yeah, I like, I like that um, concept of uh, focusing on the activity rather than the outcome. It's kind of like, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. And if you get the mm -hmm. process right, then it's a case of just following that same process again and not being attached mm -hmm. to the outcome. And and you said, you know, that you're hooking your identity into the outcome. So then it goes back to ego, doesn't it? So you get rejected. So it's a it's a challenge to your identity. So it is that saber tooth tiger jumping out of the bushes. Whereas if if you divorce it from your identity, if you say, well, you know, the outcome here could be a yes or it could be a no, and either way, it's fine. And, and yep. look at it from what did I learn through the process? Yeah. And then if, if you're attached to that outcome, you're, you're going to keep on burning yourself out. So, you know, at that, the, a good sign that you're at like maybe a level five uh, consciousness is that's a lot of achievement and, and a lot of competition. And, you know, business can be a lot like that. And what happens is that there's this emotional roller coaster, especially in sales, where um, you might have high highs, right? And then low lows. So this over years and years and years, creates burnout. And so uh, if you keep on on that emotional roller coaster, you're eventually going to burn out. So what we want to do is create, um, you know, a performance mindset where you're having a, a steady state uh, throughout your career and not those emotional highs and lows that can now affect your family and your wife and your kids. You know, there was there was one guy that, that I'd uh, been working with that hadn't slept in three days and wasn't spending time with his kids. And you know, and that can be a very, very difficult situation um, to pull yourself out of. Hmm. All right. Now, in the in the conscious human performance model, you talk about five core pillars. So, 
Maybe you could recap those for us because I think you've probably touched on all of them, but maybe you could recap them for us and, and tell us a little bit about the key key things within each pillar that we should be looking out for to improve our our conscious performance. Absolutely. And this there's actually two models, one for an individual and one for corporations. Uh, so corporations, believe it or not, have their own level of their own consciousness, mm. uh, collective consciousness. So um, the first one is for individuals, and basically it breaks down into uh, four quadrants and then adventure around it. So adventure and experiences is, is really important in life. So if we look at it, there's consciousness, and that is looking at our energy and our awareness. So we look at how we're feeling when we're moving through our day energetically, and then our awareness of how we are aware and present of our surroundings or how we might be stuck in our heads um, and awareness of the situation. And then we look at connection, which is the love and the relationship piece of our life. And we, and we look at our tribe, the people that we surround ourselves with. And then we're looking at our contribution, which is abundance in the financial aspect of our lives and our career. How fulfilled are we in our life? How passionate are we about what we're doing? And then we look at our commitment, and that's our commitment to our fitness and our health. And so when we combine all these different areas, a lot of times people may be operating, say, at a high level of consciousness in their relationships and their, and their, and their, their, their tribe, the people they surround themselves with. Um, and maybe they're, uh, maybe they're not aligned in their career. Um, and maybe they're not making as much as they'd like to be making. Or maybe a lot of times this happens with executives and those that, that are in successful uh, roles is that maybe their career and their abundance is great, but their health and their fitness is low. So they're resonating low energetically um, and consciously in those areas. And potentially their, their love and their relationships are suffering. So the idea is to, to really consciously balance out those areas of our life um through shifts so there's basically 70 questions and and there's very specific ways to shift yourself and work on uh, one thing at a time to increase those the level of fulfillment in our lives through that conscious human performance model and then the uh the corporate version of that um looks at the same thing energy and awareness under consciousness but then we look at the culture uh of the organization the performance and the engagement, you know, how engaged people are in that career. And the truth is, is 80% of the world's population isn't fulfilled in their careers, um, mm. which is something I'm super passionate about changing. And then we look at your wellness and health, similarly to the personal. So um, it can be applied across the board and everything starts with the individual first. And then that carries over into other areas of, of life and business. Mm. Yeah, I like the I like the approach of starting with that self-awareness first because that's that's the well those are the areas that we have control over, right? And and so and immediately moves you out of that victim mentality that you described earlier as as the level one kind of um, layer. So it immediately takes you to okay, I'm aware that here's some areas that perhaps are um, not as strong as I'd like them to be um, compared to other areas that may be stronger. So now I can 
focus on doing something with that. Yeah, it's all about leading by example. And, uh, you know, I'd always told my daughter to follow her passion and to, you know, do what she loved, right? But I, here I was not doing it. So leading from example, and from that day forward, I had to do it, I had to do, I couldn't just preach it, you know? So it's easy to talk about this stuff, but really to live it is, is, is the challenge. Um, but you know, that, I've grown mm. to love that, that challenge. Yeah. All right. So what is it you do in, in your work with, with individuals and with teams? I mean, cl clearly you work. Yeah. Clearly you, you, you use all these principles. What, what are, what are the specific activities? Yeah. So there, there's a, a few activities and I've run retreats, you know, to Costa Rica and had people do adventure experiences through Costa Rica. Uh, we've done retreats in uh, Colorado where we hiked up 15, uh, 12,500 foot peaks. Um, we've done all sorts of hikes and, and skydiving and mountain climbing. Um, so what I did is I was before the pandemic running some outdoor retreats and group things. So what I've done is I've adapted a little bit. So I still do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with individuals uh, for, for executives and individuals that are looking to transition uh, a career, you know, maybe into a more aligned career or uh, into a business that, that is fulfilling for them. And uh, so as a result of the shift from outdoors activities, I developed an uh, online program called The Challenge, which basically lays out five challenges for individuals to go through. And I've also uh, recently launched a book called The Five Challenges. And these five challenges are the five uh, adventure challenges that I did in order to shift myself and to move into a completely fulfilling, rewarding career, uh, build my relationship with my, my children, my family, um, and just completely transform my life and do things that I never thought I could have done without it. And I've taken that process and now applied that to the clients that go through the program, uh, five, the five challenges program. So it's, it's, it's online right now. And then if people need additional mm -hmm. support, so the book is self-guided. Um, the book comes with an online training, which is self-guided and, or, you know, if people are looking for additional support, they can get the one-on-one, -on -one, uh, uh, you know, to really accelerate the process where I can develop custom adventure experiences based on the individuals challenge that they're facing. So for instance, say um, you're in a relationship with your wife, right? And maybe the trust isn't there so much. So one of the exercises I've done in the past with clients is have them do mountain climbing. And so mountain climbing is a lot about trust. So if the husband or wife is holding, you know, the rope and the other one's going up the mountain, you know, you really have to have trust and communication. Uh, so it's things like that. So I like to mix it up a little bit and really connect the physical experiences with the mental, uh, physical with the mental experiences. And uh, another example is uh, I had a client that, um, you know, was in, in a bit of a rocky relationship and uh, wound up doing an adventure race, you know, an endurance race and uh, brought one of his female uh, a, a, a that she, he was interested with and they eventually got married as a result of that. So mm. all sorts of fun stories. Great, yeah, yep. great case study. <laughs> yeah.
All right. Well, this is fabulous. Um, I can explore some more. We'll talk a little bit in a moment about where people can find out more about um, about you and get in touch. But I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz round, which is our innovation round designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I have five questions. Hopefully you'll give us some more insightful answers, but in this occasion to inspire people to actually go and do something awesome today as a result of these answers. Absolutely. So what's the number one th thing that you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Uh, it's got to be overcome that fear, you know, <laughs> that, that fear that's holding you back. It's like if you got that thing in your heart, you know, just just do it. Just just put it out there, um, put it out there in a raw form. And, uh, you know, people will see that passion and, and that thing will just continue to grow and, uh, and never give up, you know, on that, on that, that idea, you know, and mm. just keep on, keep on innovating. It's, it's a, a constant process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you touched on the why you do your work before and what, what I think is coming across there with the overcoming the fear and taking action, putting something out there. Don't wait for perfection. Uh, put it out there, let people see why you're passionate about that. And I think, you know, what generally happens is people get on board and they embrace it, even though it might not be perfect, and they're willing to help you improve it. Mm -hmm. Especially loved ones, like, so those that are in relationships or things like that, um, you know, uh, following this path of innovation and doing things that are outside what most would say is a comfort zone or something that's new. Um, you know, a lot of times you face challenges and 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 maybe not support in in certain mm -hmm. circumstances, right? In in relationships, and you know, because I've had that passion and, and that drive in my heart, you know, my wife has supported me the whole entire time that I've been on this journey. So never let that passion die. You know, it's it's so key to getting the support that you need, not only from internal relationships but also external in the world. You know, people can pick up on that. Mm, yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, so what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Um, the best thing that I've done is actually to create space for myself. So uh, practicing doing nothing or doing less. Mm -hmm. doing, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, taking time to take hikes and take walks, meditate. I do a lot of surfing, so getting out in the water and just detaching from the world. Um, really, uh, I think... We can be sucked into this accomplishment, uh, which puts more and more on our plate, you know, as opposed to creating space in our minds to allow those ideas to flow and to really feel into our next steps. And I'm really big into taking that time and opening up that space uh, to let the ideas flow. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I do very much similar things. I, I'm a great bike ride. Uh, fanatic some people say and and I also love photography and if I do one of those activities particularly if I go and do it on my own I do get into this almost creative mindset and creative space where where everything just falls away and and I come up with new ideas or yesterday for example I've got this event coming up that I I, I decided I, I need to spend the morning to prepare for this event and get everything organized and um, then I thought, no, I'm going to go for a, a couple of hours bike ride first. Mm -hmm. And during that ride, I was on my own. During that ride, of course, going through my mind is how this event's going to play out. And I was visualizing it and everything. 
when I came back, it took me about 45 minutes to prepare the whole event, uh, whereas I'd set aside the whole morning to do it. So I got in a two-hour bike ride and still prepared the event. That's probably it was probably even better. And it, and and then also <laughs> uh, the photography thing too is is huge. I mean, just going out and uh, looking at the world with with a new set of eyes, or even the minute mm. things is is so so you know you can look at a whole whole uh, panoramic uh, image and then focus in on one area like you know a flower or you know the the wind blowing through the leaves and mm. really capture that. So I love um, the idea of using photography uh, to tap into that creativity and innovation as well, focusing on, um, you know, the bigger picture and then also the picture within the picture, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of almost a natural metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> we talk a lot about <laughs> see the big picture and focus in. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Uh, favorite resource? Um, I read a lot of books, you know, I, I mm -hmm. read a lot of books. Um, the, the biggest resource I have is the network that I've developed around me and the individuals that I've learned from. So mentors and, uh, I've done a lot of due diligence around the people that I study and, and the information that I absorb. And so my biggest resource is, is my network of individuals where I can go out and ask them, you know, say, I need X, Y, and Z, or, or do you know somebody or, you know, so I, the biggest resource is people and those that you surround yourself with. And that's been very, very strong for me. Fantastic. I love it. And, and with books, do you read physical books? No, I actually listen to audible. So all of it okay. is audible. Yeah. Yeah. Audio. Yeah. Yeah. I just know discovered this morning that Audible is doing podcasts now. This podcast is actually available on Audible as of early January. Very cool. Which I hadn't realized. But yeah, audio books is wonderful. I, I love listening to audio books when I'm doing other things as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? Uh, that's, it, it's um, finding the reason why they're doing it in the first place. Because if you're trying to hold somebody accountable to something that they're not really bought into, you know, they're not going to show up fully. They're not going to be invested. They're not going to go through the, the challenges in order to get to what they want. So one of the things that I do is help people find that why, that the Simon Sinek fault why. You know, I mean, it's so, so, so important and a foundation to understand, you know, the purpose that you're on this earth and how your actions align with the, that purpose that you have, you know, it's in taking action on it. So not only just understanding it, but, you know, really taking decisive action on the things that you desire and never giving up and knowing that things aren't going to go perfect. But, you know, if you stick the path, um, you'll get to your destination. It's just a matter of time. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it, I think, in reminding clients uh, here's why you know, this is my understanding of why you want to achieve what we're looking to achieve here and here's the next step so let's let's um reinforce that why 100 mm percent. -hmm. and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves not be afraid to be you um <laughs> so the differentiation and um when you can step into yourself and be comfortable in your own skin, 
um, it, it really differentiates you. And it's not necessarily about what you do, it's really who you're being inside. And, and that beingness, it differentiates you from everybody else in this world, as opposed to trying to mimic. You know, you learn from the best and you, and you pick up some things, uh, but really if you can just be comfortable being you, um, that that is the most important thing that you can do. Mm. The different. Yeah, there's two things two things you touched on there and I think it it's really actually a challenge to get that balance right learning from people who we consider role models without uh, actually copycatting them mm -hmm. and and losing our own personality and our, our own gifts mm -hmm. yeah yeah a good question to ask is is who am I you know mm. every day before you go to sleep or when you wake up yeah you know answer who am I being who am yeah. I, yeah and who am I yeah yeah, that's how we start our entire marketing journey. <laughs> First question. Yep. All right. Well, this has been fabulous, John. Thanks Thanks for all that you've shared. Now, where can people find out more about you and your programs and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Absolutely. So um, you can go to uh, the website, which is zerkers.com, Z-E-R-K-E-R-S.com. And if you visit uh, zerkers.com forward slash book, you can get a, a, a copy of the Five Challenges book that is in uh, pre-launch right now and on Amazon shortly. Hmm. All right, great. And we'll have links to that in the show notes. So where's the name Zerkers come from? So I am a really big Zach Wild fan. And uh, originally the business was named Business Berserkers, you know, because I love the, the, the Viking yeah. background. And uh, one of my mentors said to me, you know, you should make it more like a tribe, like a tribe of individuals. I'm like, ah, tribe. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Zach Wild calls his fans berserkers. And I'm like, all right. So I shortened it to Zerkers. And, you know, it basically stands for Underground Warriors for the People. And those are individuals that are dedicated to impacting the world in positive ways and, and pursuing their passions. Hmm. Love it. It's always great to have a, a really powerful meaning behind just the name of the business. Yep, yep. All right. Now, do you have any parting advice for our listener today? Uh, I would just say, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, uh, things are turned upside down. Um, you know, surround yourself with amazing people. Keep your connections strong and just never give up on the thing that's in your heart. Keep that fire alive and, uh, you know, everything will work out. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. And human connection is so important and, and that's been highlighted even more in these times, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. All right. And finally, who else should I get on this show and why? Um, you know, I'd love for you to meet uh, Bobby Reyes. He's a really great friend of mine who, uh, you know, he's been there since the beginning. And, uh, you know, one of the things that he does is uh, firewalking. So he, he learned, uh, you know, firewalking and arrow breaking, and he's just an amazing human being and a uh, really good friend. And he's one of those guys that you want to have in your corner. And he's a tremendous uh, coach and consultant and, uh, you know, has a lot to offer the world for sure. All right. Well, we'll get an introduction to Bobby from you and reach out to him and see if we can get him on the show as well. Absolutely. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today on the Innova Buzz podcast, John. It's been a privilege to speak to you. It's been fun to learn all about your journey and, and the exciting adventures you've been on, but also how you've used those experiences to build your program and help people to 
um, rise to ultimate performance. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, all, of, all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. All right. Thank you so much, Jorgen. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really valuable conversation with John and took something away from his episode. I particularly liked the idea of the 4% more challenge to build confidence and overcome your fears and how it can be applied to quickly launching a new program or product. I'd love to know what you took away from John's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash John Gerbert. That is J-O-N-J-E-R-V-E-R-T, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash John Gerbert. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with John, as well as links to the Zerka's website, to John's social media pages, and to the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this conversation and there's value in it for you, there must be value in it for many other people. So go ahead and share it with a couple of other people that it might help. Tag me in that share and I will reach out to you with a special thank you gift for paying it forward. John suggested that we have a conversation with sales, communication and influence specialist Bobby Reyes on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Bobby, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of John Christian Gerbert. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including Stefano Mastriagiacomo, the author of High Impact Tools for Teams and Michelle Mazur, the author of The Three Word Rebellion. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating. <laughs>